Welcome to the Crushing Cashflow Podcast, where we share phenomenal advice and dozens of decades of wisdom from investors and entrepreneurs of all types and all stages of their journeys. We'll cover many forms of cash flowing assets, such as real estate, stock investing, entrepreneurship, and general finance guidance. Listen in and learn from those who are crushing it out there, as well as those who have been crushed by business or their investments. Now here's your host, Andrew Shutsky. Welcome back to another episode of Crushing Cashflow. I'm your host, Andrew Shutsky, and with me today is Franklin Cruz. Mr. Cruz is a founder and CEO of True Investor Development, which focuses on transforming cities one community at a time. He has over 20 years of real estate experience. Amongst other accomplishments, Mr. Cruz proudly has served a four-year senior management position with Clever Investors, which is a national real estate education company where he acted as director of mentorship. Mr. Cruz has also authored several real estate books and was honored as 2017's Inc. 5,000 list CEOs and had the privilege of being selected as a TEDx speaker, which is really impressive. He's also a proud U.S. Army veteran and served in Operation Iraqi Freedom and Enduring Freedom. Hey, man, thanks for your service, by the way. No problem at all, man. I always enjoy my free pancakes at Veterans Day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he is a resident of Florida. And we'll talk about some of his principles as we go along. So first and foremost, Franklin, thanks so much for joining Oh, no problem at all, man. I'm honored to be here, man. I'm definitely uh, excited to give back any way I can. Fantastic. Let's start off. I mean, the development space is new, most likely to a lot of our listeners and quite frankly, new to myself. A lot of us are, you know, in the, hey, let's take what's out there, do the value add thing, multifamily, single family flips. That's the wheelhouse. How did you get into development? What, what led you to it? Um, it was interesting because I was actually, uh, I never, I never thought or knew I would ever be in development. I've always, I was always fine with just, you know, doing the, the one-offs because it's so uh, safe and stress-free and at least in my world from doing it for so long. And I remember I got a lead on a home and the lady, when I walked in the home, um, it was interesting because it was a two bedroom, two bath, 4,000 square foot home. And it had a lot of land. And I remember talking to a lady and her name was Nancy. And my, my mom's name is Nancy. And it was very unique because I never met a seller named after my mom and out of 20 years. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I remember I locked up the deal right then for the most money I've ever locked up a deal here in Florida. Nor normally I'm in the, you know, $200,000 or below world, you know, anything yeah. in that range, that's my world. I locked up this deal. It was 9.9 .9 acres in a really good area for six fifty, And, um, but I knew it was a deal. I did creative financing. I did a five-year note, 0% interest for over five payments. All right. So I knew the deal, the way I structured it, it was a win. I just didn't know what it was though. And so I started my due diligence and I remember asking a friend of mine and I said, man, I got this property in South Lakeland and South Lakeland's like equivalent to like anybody who's listening to this is like equivalent to like a really nice area that you know about, but you don't live there yourself. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, Oh, that's the nice, nice, nice area, but I can't afford to live there. And, you know, it's like, I don't want to live there because it's just too, too expensive. Right. And, um, my buddy told me, he said, dude, you could probably do a development there. And I was like, what do you mean by that? Like, like what kind of, what, what, what do you mean? Like, I didn't <laughs> understand what he was talking about. He said, no, you got to go and talk to a civil engineer. And I was like, civil, what, what are you like, dude, you're talking like, I don't understand what you're saying right now. What are you talking about? He's like, no, you got to talk to these people. And they could tell you if you could do something and what is it zoned for. And, and man, I was just, 
fascinated by the terminology, by something new. It happened to be in real estate. You know, I had no risk because the way I structured the deal, I had nothing but time to do a due diligence period. Come to find out, I found out it, I could, it was zoned for 25 houses. And, um, and that was kind of the start of just kind of going down the rabbit hole of, oh crap, we could actually do something here. And we did, we actually converted from 25 houses to 41. And then, um, we later on, we, uh, sold it to KB homes, um, for just a stupid, ridiculous price that just got me hooked. <laughs> That's so you almost kind of fell into it. Right. I and mean, that's a fair statement. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. I was, cause what I found out in development and, you know, Andrew, you know, this, it's like, it, it's a different field. It's a different world. And it's not for everybody because it's very cash heavy. You know, yeah. this is not like wholesaling houses that you can take your time on and you don't really need a lot of money. You could really start with almost nothing. In development, one is you do need some kind of, you need a couple things. You need experience. Um, number one, if you don't have the experience, you need to be cash heavy or know somebody who's cash heavy. And number three, you need to be already somebody who knows how to coordinate people very well and extremely efficient with project management and time management. If you don't have those assets, um, you're just going to have a really hard time, period, because it's just it's a lot of money on the line for a lot of developments and everything can go wrong. There's like from your soil to your ground to your neighbors to you do a town hall and you think you're going to get it for 25 houses you know, like we had to, you know, go to a town hall and get it approved for 41. But, you know, if we had the whole community go against us, it would have changed our profit margins dramatically if we would have stayed at 25. I like that. Now I'm going to dig in a little deeper. Number one, you know, look fast forward to today. How are you finding property? Are you looking, I'm assuming they're not in the MLS, like everybody's used to looking. How are you going about finding property? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm actually doing this, um, I'm doing the same thing I've been doing actually for probably about almost four years now, which is um, all my properties are directly from sellers. And what I figured out was just a hundred percent online predictable ways of bringing in leads. Everything I do is just online um, between online leads that come to us and or referrals. Um, and then you'll be surprised. Actually the last development deal that we're working on right now was just, a, it was a sign on the side of a road that was dirty and a friend of mine said, Hey dude, this guy got a sign for one acre of land. And I looked and on the floor was another sign that said eight acres. So it was total nine. And I called the guy up and, and it was just a cold call, you know, from a sign. Uh, so I still do that, but that's not always like, that's not the predictable way. It's, it's normally 80% of our deals come online, probably about 15% come from referrals. And 5% come from, you know, just God in itself, I would say. <laughs> so, so in essence, establish an online presence so people know where to find you and then keep your yeah. eyes open, right? <laughs> I think that's, yeah. you know, kind of the, the moral of it, right? Yeah, and yeah. Then- and in development, you know, you don't have to do a lot of deals to do extremely well. So like even last year, I didn't even, I only turned on the marketing for a, like a month and I was done because I you could only handle so much. Um, and that's kind of what we did last year. And then this year, we've been so focused. We haven't even really needed to turn it on because of, you know, the, the items that we're working on. We're almost like, we're, we're fine. We, we need to concentrate on finalizing, you know, we've got a, a 39 house modern home community, 145 house townhouse community, and we're working on another 45 house townhouse community. So it's like, we're good right now. We just got to focus on getting it done. 
Cool. So we talked about how to find the property. What about finding capital? How are you, are you using all your own cash, partners, cash, JVs? Are you looking for investors? How, how are you raising money? Um, so great question. So when it comes to raising money in the beginning, it was, it was me in the beginning to kind of front the money to make sure that this is a deal. So what I would normally do is my own money would lock up the deal, start at least the due diligence. Um, and then when I got it to a point that I was like, okay, now I've got to, you know, I've got to find my capital stack, which is, you know, between in development, they call it, you know, the capital stack, which is yes. you've got possibly institutional funding or bank financing. You got what they call MES or PACE, which is like, I call it just in case money goes sideways <laughs> money. Right. And then you've got equity and that's your private investors. The good thing is I do have very good relationships with some private investors. And, and now because of what we've been doing, some private investors have been coming to us um, to actually just move their money. Uh, Cause what I've learned is in development is it's, it's, there's only so many places somebody could move a million or five or 10 or even $30 million at one time. Yeah. There's not a lot of avenues or, or just products that you could do that with developments. It is. And you have a lot of investors that are looking for developers that are, you know, are open to bringing them on board as an investor. Um, you know, so that's kind of the, the three avenues. I'm not sure if that answered your question, but those are. No, kind it, of the three. it does. And I'm just curious. Like, I mean, like a lot, of, a lot of us are in the syndication space and multifamily. What's a typical, like you're an investor coming in, you want to invest passively. Hey, I need to, somewhere to park my money. What's a hold period look like? How long do you tie up cash and what's a range of returns? I know that's a really wide question. I'm just curious. Like, how does it compare? Uh, what are you yeah. looking for when you vet a deal and you run the numbers and underwrite? Well, when I'm vetting a deal or giving it to, well, there's, okay, so there's two sides of this. So like, if you were an investor coming to me, what would I say to you? And then what am I, what am I saying to myself on a development deal to say, Hey, this is good enough for us to pull the trigger. Yeah. Okay. Which one I could ask, I could answer both. Let's let's start with the investor perspective. Let's say someone's interested. Hey, they're listening to this and say, this sounds cool. This is different. Uh, What should I expect? Yeah. So our, our, our typical deal Normally is like if I've got an investor that comes in and say, "Hey Frank, I've got I've got some capital. I want to run it through you. What does it look like?" The typically, if like our deal right now, I'll tell you a real scenario. So we've got Olive Street that we're still um, fulfilling on the cap, on the equity stack right now, and so that one we're paying eight percent pref. Um, it's a forty percent. It's north of forty percent IRR, which means rate of return for those individuals listening to this that don't know it. Uh, like six months ago, I didn't even know what that meant either. So it's all good. <laughs> Just step why. <laughs> um, and then about a 12 to 18 month cash back. Uh, so that's kind of what it looks like, you know, 18, 8% pref, uh, north of 40% IRR, and then, you know, about 18%, 18 month cash back. That's what it looks like. That's pretty impressive. I mean, you compare that, you know, you know, it's 2021. So things have gotten a little more competitive on the multifamily space, but you might see a six to 8% pref. IRs typically yeah. are nowhere near that. Uh, and I'm assuming the risk profile is a little higher for this versus a stabilized cash flowing existing asset, right? But um, yeah, and it's, it's interesting because it's also like for me, I have a hard time like saying any numbers unless I know 100% we could perform at that number. You know, yeah. that's kind of how you stay in the business so long. You know, just like yourself, you've been doing it a while. I've been doing it a while. And so it's, um, it's different because you've also, you've got to make sure like there's not one thing missed at all, but if you can make sure like, okay, 
have we, you know, mitigated every single, what I call the three fist scenario. You know, have we thought about the first fist that you know about that's going to punch you in the face? <laughs> the second one that you kind of know that's going to be coming. And then the third one could be like, you know, COVID brother has COVID has a twin brother. And you're like, really? What the hell just happened here? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, expect the unexpected is the third pillar. Yeah. Yeah. That's 100%. Yeah. So cool. Um, All right. So we covered the finding the property, how you're going about finding land and finding the deal. We covered the finding capital component and some of the typical expected returns, what that looks like. How are you going about finding buyers? Yeah. So, so buyers is, that's an interesting question because what I've discovered in land development, there is, there's different, there's different buyers for different stages. So I'll kind of go over all four stages and I'll, and I'll let you know how, how I find buyers. Um, so the first stage is, you know, I get it under contract, a piece of land, and I already do what I, what I call a very fast conceptual plan with my civil engineer. And so that conceptual plan is going to map out what's possible on that site. If all permits and all approvals went through, what does that actually look like? Well, once I finish that, I could actually send it over to my friends or other developers but they might be more site developers or land developers. They don't want to build. They just want to do the site development and sell it off to like KB Homes or DR Horton or MI. Like there, there, is an, there are huge companies that that's all they do. They lock up deals, get the approvals and entitlements done and sell it off to KB. That's all they do all day long, right? Okay. And so what I could do is lock it up, figure out the conceptual and just sell it to them and potentially just sell it to them for a hundred or two hundred thousand dollar profit walk away. So like right? a wholesale a wholesale type situation potentially. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. Yep. Um, and then you've got the other part, which is now what I want to do is I've decided I want to do the approvals and permitting for the site. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna do the approvals and permitting, and now I want to sell it to KB Homes or MI or DR Horan or Southern or you know, your, your big box builder, whoever, right? So that's the other layer that you could just sell directly to those, uh, those track home builders. And you do the approvals and entitlements. Now, that's probably going to cost you about anywhere from a year to a year and a half of your life and about another hundred to $200,000. It all matters how big the project is. Sure. But it's going it, to, there's time involved, but the profit margins could be anywhere from a half a million dollars to a million dollars, right? Um, just to put in perspective, our deal, our last deal, we bought it for uh, six fifty, sold it to KB Homes um, in less than eight months for I think it was like one one point three million, something wow. like that, right? Huge. Um, and we had into it one, uh, we had into it, yeah, six fifty plus one thirty, so we we're into it a little bit less than eight hundred thousand, right? Wow, impressive. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm super grateful for it because uh, it was just it was me as more of the learning experience because the other thing is. I could teach you all day development, but you're not really going to learn it until you do it oh, in yeah. your area. Um, because every area is a little bit different dealing with development. It's, it's not, the basics could be the same, but it's always a little different. Sure. All right. So then you got your third area. Your third area is now I say, Hey, um, for example, when I sold to KB homes, I sold it to them for $32,500 a lot. Um, and so now if I wanted to do the site development, so let's say now I want to do site development, I could do the site development and sell it to them for $63,000 a lot. But the site development's only going to cost me about, let's say, $20,000 each. So I will 
I can, but I could sell it to them now. I'll be into it for, let's say 1.2, but I could sell it to them for 2.6. Right. So that's another avenue that you can make income on the development side. And now I'll give you the fourth. Well, actually there's like five or six, but I'll just give you the four. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep it simple for that. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I'll okay. keep it simple. Um, is then you could actually do the build yourself. Yeah. So you could just build it yourself um, and or you could even sell it off to other builders and you build a couple and the other builders build a couple, you know, that have some kind of differences in the neighborhood if you want. But if you build it yourself now, what you did is, you you know, you basically you you took the, the crude oil and made gas out of it. You know, you just you took it all the way through and that's the biggest profit. So that profit, like for right now, we're going to be doing all of street. We're going to do everything, including the build. And we're going to be pre-selling. So out of 39 houses, our average profit margin per house is roughly about $70,000 a house. So if you do the math, 70 times 39, that's our profit margin wow. that we're already kind of projecting right now. So I imagine that, I mean, it's great that you walk through those four different scenarios, I'll call them. Is, is, do you consider it to be, you know, added risk if, you know, as you progress from one, two, three, and four is a little more element of risk, you know, in reward uh, comparison? I, you know, my, my, my thought process is, man, I don't like doing anything that has risk. So I automatically, like if I'm choosing to go that route, I want to mitigate everything before me even doing it. Right. Like sure. I want to, I got to think about every third fist. I'll make so many phone calls because there's just so much money on the line with even your investors. Yeah. Um, you know, theoretically I would say, you know, the easy answer is yeah, of course there's risk, but in my head, me personally, just Franklin Cruz as just a human is I don't want, I want to think about every single risk. And before we pull the trigger, like in my head, I could look at you in your, in your, in your, and your wife and your kids and say, Hey, your investment is good. Right. You know, sure. period. Because I, you know, when I was younger, I, I did not do that. And I still don't, I never forget those people's faces when I had to call them and let them know, Hey, you know, the investment went sideways. Yeah. And I was like, I just told myself I would never, I'll never do that again, ever period. Like I can't do it. I mean, <laughs> so, that's it's a good segue into my next question is I always like to ask, Hey, what's been your biggest lesson learned to date? Is it around the risk profile or is it, is it something else? Is it around due diligence? You know, the funny part is my biggest lesson has not been, um, it's, it's probably has not been really real estate related. I would just say it's actually been, um, it's, it's probably been more personal development and the because real estate development, real estate or just development itself, it's not difficult to. If you go by these other four, I go by four principles in my life that I teach my kids, right? And if you go by these four principles, it's actually not difficult, you know. And I'll and I kind of go over it really easily because these are really the big lessons that I learned. You know, number one is you, you is the discipline side, the discipline to say, okay what is it that I've got to do today and kind of mapping out my plan for the week that, you know, and, and just mapping out what conversations I need to have. The uh, probably the biggest lesson I've learned is kill my ego literally every day, all day to ask the proper questions, to not think I know it all to kind of go down that finish line of a development. Yeah. So if I'm constantly killing my ego and not saying, look, dude, I, you know, be open to everybody may be right. And you may be wrong, 
and just be open, man, that's really just served me hugely during this process of just, you know, still learning development. I don't, I, dude, I do not know it all. I've been very blessed to have some successes in it, but I've also had some hard lessons that I was like, okay, yeah, I'm definitely not going to do that again. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. There's a, there's a couple of good things. I mean, there's a, there's one book out there called the ego is your enemy or the ego. Is yeah. Enemy. Yeah. Yeah. By Ryan holiday. Yeah. yeah. It's a good one. And then there's another quote yeah. I'm thinking of, Hey, you know, I could, I could write a book with everything I know about X topic, but I could fill a library with anything. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So I'd always yeah, thought that was a cool so quote. So yeah, that's so true. So awesome. Thanks for sharing. This is a great kind of overview. You know, we talked about finding properties, finding capital, finding buyers, getting into development, a lot of highlights, lessons learned, key principles along the way. Awesome action-packed episode. I want to thank you for your time. And last question for my end is how can listeners get in touch with you? Yeah, you know, I'm actually pretty accessible. I would say that, um, you know, I am on social media. They could just Google Franklin Cruz and I'm, and I'm sure somebody wants to find me, they can. I've actually had people do that, which is like, they have found where, you know, where I've lived uh, one instance when it was really interesting. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, hey, you're ballsy. I like it. I like it. <laughs> um, you know, but I would just say that just find me on social media, um, you know, and then my biggest thing is for anybody listening to this, too, is if you're listening to it, just make sure that you're taking more action than consuming. You know, because really that that's really the way that's how you're going to learn the fastest is just mess up as quickly as you can yeah. and just keep going. And just and if you're at least telling people the truth of like, man, I'm still learning this, you know, I'm open to ideas. What do you think? And, you know, that just goes a long way because people don't do that anymore. You know, there it's it's not like that, that people just say, oh, I, you know, hey, I, I don't really know what I'm doing. What do you think I should do? Or, you know, what do you think is the best route? You know, and just always kill that ego, man. That's the best advice I can give you. I love it, man. Thanks so much for joining. Oh, no problem at all, man. Thank you. Thanks for listening in with us for another episode of the Crushing Cash Flow Podcast. We have a small favor to ask of all of our listeners. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Each subscription and rating will help us massively toward our goal of helping reach as many listeners as possible each week. Thank you very much once again for listening. We're thrilled to have you with us as part of this journey. And we can't wait to share more of these stories with you. Stay tuned for much more to come.